to see that you remembered what number of episode this was, because I <laughs> found myself, I'm like, is it 174? No, 174 was the last homework we did for Seinfeld. Then we recorded a couple of things that just weren't uh, numerical. So there's not technically a 174 file name, but I think that was, you know, I didn't name it like UHF or... Ghostbusters 2 or anything because I considered it part of this season. And that's why we're releasing it on the free feed. In fact, it should already be out by now if you're listening to this on the free feed, right? Or or Wait. even on Patreon. <laughs> we we've got we've got such a confusing <laughs> schedule now, but it's uh it's just easy to say if you are listening to this right now on the free feed, next week's episode is available on Patreon. Yes. That is a, true. As of an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that's why it's so confusing now, because it didn't, didn't used to be confusing. It was like, yeah, we do Patreon and regular episodes, and yeah. now we're trying to throw this, uh, yeah. you know, well, this extra is, is, bonus into it. Yeah. The thing is, is we're trying to make the Patreon a little bit more worth it, you yeah. know, in, instead of just... Uh, here's a couple of minutes of stuff we clipped out from each episode, and we always say, like, two to three movie reviews. The last couple of months, it's been one movie review. This is the only month, that being March, that we've had two, so we're trying to make it a little bit more worth it. So we are having early releases for the the same episode that is going to be released on the free feed. If I had the time to do two separate edits and push out an extended cut onto the Patreon and a uh, a a reduced cut on the yeah. free feed. I would. I do not have that time. <laughs> I might have that time, but uh, yeah, we can talk about what your <laughs> ideas for that are. I definitely have that time. What am I talking about? Oh my um, god! I, and I I don't even if you have that time, I don't want you to put yourself through that because that is ridiculous. I guess so. I guess so. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> picking what would be out and in, and yeah, um, yeah, and and we're already and we're already releasing it a week early. So. Yeah, but really, we've only when you think about it, we've only done. I think we've only done one in March, unless we're planning another one before the month is over, which is which is great with me. I think that's a great idea. Mm, I mean, as of like actual days and recording, yeah. we totally could. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Really. Right. Let me say first, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing. Watching now, curb your enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy, and I'm Ted Hollowell. And yes, today we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 1, The Pants Tent. But before that, what's the deal? I'm still calling it that. What's the deal with stuff? <laughs> I think you we... can. Yeah. I think you can. Yeah. Unless, like, Larry has a, his own Larryism. I think like with the previous incarnation of the podcast we're going to discover little things along the way that we can rename and add because you know yeah. we didn't know any you know we didn't know enough about Seinfeld or you didn't or we didn't want to jump too far ahead to make references <laughs> make our benchmarks references and so yeah we're sticking with what's the deal for now there is another feature that I want to rename that we do have something for we have a couple of somethings for that I will get into here in Ooh. a little bit all right. Well, yeah, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm. The only really homework bit of homework we had was about Jeff Yerkes. He gets a doomed recommendation from Larry David. And I was like, I know we've heard that name before in the Seinfeld universe. And it was in season seven, episode seven, The Secret Code, Fred Yerkes is a man Elaine Bennis met, but he didn't remember her. He remembers everything else about the night they met except meeting her, and so that causes her to be very enamored with him. Uh, Fred was portrayed by Seinfeld writer Fred Stoller in that episode. Uh, you might remember it also. It's named for George's ATM code, Bosco, which uh, he will not tell Susan, but ends up telling Jay Peterman's dying mother in that episode. <laughs> and both... Yerks are named after Seinfeld writing assistant, script coordinator, production staffer, 
and occasional background actor Jeffrey Yerkes. So they took his actual name for Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm. They only used his last name in Seinfeld. But yeah, Jeffrey Yerkes uh, has three uncredited extra roles in Seinfeld and also did all that other stuff. So he was actually a, a writing assistant and all that stuff. But it, it is not the real Jeff Yerkes in Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm. It is actor Eric Scott Gould. All right. Yeah. Uh, and But here's some other stuff. And this isn't um, necessarily trivia and tidbits about the last episode, but it's stuff that I think we should know going forward as we watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. That'll give newcomers like you, Ted, a little context and uh, a bit of a review for bigger big fans. Oh, this is about the last episode, though. <laughs> to add authenticity to this mockumentary, <laughs> the credits don't list a writer. I found that interesting. It was Larry oh. David himself, of course, but yeah, to make it look more real, right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but so Larry David has explained the show's name in TV interviews as reflecting his perception that many people seem to live their lives projecting false enthusiasm, which he believes is used to imply that they're better than you, which I think has only been exacerbated by social media you know i mean there's the joke about like oh living my your god instagram yeah. life and living you know it's like oh i love i love it i'm so everything's so great and i'm so great my life is better than yours so that's why he was like you know what curb your enthusiasm okay so and <laughs> the title also urges the audience not to expect too much from the show at the time of the premiere david wanted to <laughs> lower expectations after his earlier success Holy in the shit. entertainment industry i yeah. love that so yeah. much You're like that yeah, is don't, awesome. uh, don't get too excited <laughs> yeah it's gonna be seinfeld part two hang on a second hang on a second this let's just pump the brakes yeah i, I bet if this was uh, maybe if this was made 10 years later it would have been called pump the brakes because <laughs> i feel like that is even <laughs> that was like a fun phrase a fun new phrase a long a longer time ago than i probably want to uh, remember but that that same kind of thing is what uh, what the idea behind the show was, and I never really even stopped to think about it. But I, I like that each episode's plot and subplot is established in an outline written by Larry David, and then the dialogue is basically improv, which I think we could tell a lot in the special that we watched last week yeah. because it really wasn't you know it really wasn't slapped together that well. I think they Does... really got that format down as we as we head into. The actual does each, series. Does each scene have like bullet points, I'm guessing? Or like, hey, here's what needs to happen here? Yeah, I think so. It's like, all okay. right, in this scene, Jeff has to tell Larry that Caroline is mad at him. Go. You know, and it's like, oh, okay, wow. And then everyone just just riffs off of that. And that and that's how the show is is pretty much produced. You know, obviously solid plot points have to be communicated in one way or another and there's there's non-spoken dialogue that has to be filmed and that's not improv you know uh, yeah it's, it's gonna be uh very office ladies on here maybe well if we had more info like was that improv but the only difference between this and office ladies is most of the time we're gonna be able to say yes that was improv there was no script for this scene it was just <laughs> oh my god yeah on, on that same note uh office ladies came up uh, in the discourse this week, uh, I don't know why I said the word discourse. My wife and I were talking about oh, okay. it. it. It came up in the discourse between my wife and the I. Domestic discourse. The, the domestic discourse between my wife and I. Saying, talking like we're fucking <laughs> coworkers. No, my wife and I were talking about it because uh, she's always been kind of a holdout on podcasts because she just doesn't like them. She she doesn't like listening to them. Yeah. Uh, well, she started listening to the New Girl podcast. And oh. and uh, she says the first couple of episodes feel very weird. Like the best way she could describe it, and having our show to compare it to, the best way she could describe it was, it definitely feels like the publisher offered them all a bunch of money and said, <laughs> "Okay, go do this," and none of them knew what they were doing. <laughs> 
you know, just watch the show and talk about it. Uh, yeah. Okay, and yeah. Tim, what, would it surprise you that the New Girl show is an iHeartRadio podcast? Oh, no, it would not. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> that reminds me that I found out this week that Fake Doctor's Real Friends is also, I think that might be an Odyssey podcast. Nope, it's iHeart. That's iHeart too. Okay. Yeah. That yep. also, that's why they were able to get Zach and Donald for that one. Is like, yep. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, uh, I Office Ladies was the first of, like, that type of podcast. Uh, yeah. Like, a- episodic review, but we're just going to have people from the show come on and talk, like, backstage stories. Yeah, yeah. Then and that's Earwolf, with... even, you know, yeah. so it wasn't, like, a major thing, but exactly. know, one yeah, of the biggest yeah. podcast companies. But, um, yeah, then iHeart followed it up with Fake Doctors and now followed it up with the New Girl podcast. I don't know who publishes the Always Sunny podcast. That's what I was wondering. Though. Yeah, that maybe that's independent, but probably not. Probably <laughs> Since not. they got two of the huge stars to do it. <laughs> three. All three. Three. Three of the huge stars. Oh, yeah. So it's everybody but uh, Caitlin. Is that her name? Uh, Caitlin and Danny. Yeah. Can't, can't, uh, no, no Caitlin, no Danny DeVito. Uh, I bet they'll get Danny on eventually. I'm oh, sure. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after that dalliance into <laughs> rewatch podcast, I, I, by the way, just one final, I did want to like when I, I was excited about the new girl podcast, but it's just not, you know, it's not on enough for me to have seen the episodes enough to just have them so ingrained that I wouldn't have to watch along with them. You know, like with the office, I can just pull up an episode of office ladies and go, yeah, I vaguely remember this. And they're reminding me of, of the scenes I've seen, but yeah, but new girl, yeah. I think I've only seen it once all the way through, you know, I've only seen each episode once. <laughs> Uh, so it wouldn't be as much as I loved it. It's just I haven't gone back and rewatched it like that. It should be in syndication somewhere for crying out loud. Yeah, I don't know why it's not. Yeah. It's j- it was uh, just only available on Netflix for the longest time, and now uh, is leaving Netflix. I'm. It's probably going to Hulu, but no one really knows yet. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so curb your enthusiasm. By the way, uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> is punctuated with between scenes with music orchestrated by Wendell Uponce. So did not Larry did not go back to the Jonathan Wolfwell um, for this. He, he hired a new guy. Frequently heard are instrumental arrangements of the whimsical Three Little Maids from School Are We from the Mikado and the rhythmic Gypsy Dance Lay Tringles de Sisters Tin Tintayent <laughs> from the show Carmen from the opera Carmen. Uh, I went back. I went and listened to both of those songs. I didn't hear anything that resembled any music that I'm familiar with from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I know that you know in this episode we get the I don't even I don't even recall that just from you doing it. And then there's the the solo tuba tuba that goes. And then of course the opening and closing theme song, which we have yanked from YouTube from a sweet trap music remix of it. It is not mentioned in the credits, but it's called Frolic, and it's by Italian composer Luciano Michelini. And Larry David says he heard the music in a bank commercial years before the show was created and thought it had a lighthearted, joyful quality. And I totally agree. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, there is no extensive Wikipedia episodes like we had with Seinfeld to go off of for trivia and tidbits and stuff like that. But don't worry, Ted. I have. I bought it one million years ago, approximately. <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm, the book. Oh my! It's this God. big yellow book that has a bunch of background information and and interviews with Larry David and uh, <laughs> interviews with the stars and stuff like that. And it goes up through season five. Is so... this the first time you've opened this book? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely is. This is copyright two thousand six from Home Box Office. Did you uh, buy this whenever it came out? Yeah. Oh, um. I I did. Yeah. And I can see it has a big. 
it's got a big square where the yellow from the cover is different from the yellow on the rest of the book. So I'm thinking I picked it up for cheap at like a Barnes and Noble. Like, you know how they have those like those big sections in the front with those books that are like 25% off or $5.99 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I think I got it there sometime probably around 2006. So again, it only goes up through season five so i'll have to get the book part two i guess if that even exists it, it's got every episode that exists until now <laughs> yeah it'll take us a long it'll take us halfway through it'll take us literally halfway through the, the series uh and then i'll hopefully i have enough money uh to buy the next book but uh but so they do have a couple pages on each episode including the hbo comedy special larry david curb your enthusiasm Ooh, yeah and so in this episode, here's some uh, little trivia and tidbits from under that section. Larry swears to Cheryl on the lies of his kids that he didn't have an affair in New York, yet no children ever materialized for the Davids, which I mentioned in the, in the last episode. When Larry tells the other comics at lunch that he started the whole dick joke thing, he's referring to a bit he used to do in his act in the late 70s, I hate my penis, my penis has no friends. <laughs> which you know anyone who studied ancient rome knows that is not the first dick joke but maybe uh he maybe he he started the like 10th wave of dick comedy or something like that in the 70s <laughs> in the in the special larry tries an old bit from his stand-up days as well as some new material from the old act it must be it must have been very stressful to have grown up living next door to jonas salk's mother uh you know a bit that we were like trying to rewrite in, in the previous episode like who could you even do that about now you know, what's been the late, the the greatest scientific leap forward that one person can take credit for that people would actually get, you know, the reference. Like, so that was from the old act. From the new act, did Clinton actually think that he was going to get blowjobs from a Jew and get off scot-free? That was a new bit uh, in, the, in the act. Yeah, <laughs> that's all the uh, that's all the the stuff from the book. Uh, but we'll revisit the book for the pants test uh, next week. And I guess that's it. That's all I have. All right, uh, do we get any news or anything? I, I don't even know if we should keep this segment because by the time most people hear yeah. this this episode, uh, it's going to be uh, stuff that happened up to three weeks ago. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I haven't seen Larry David in the news. Feels like a month ago at this point, but Jerry Seinfeld sold some absolutely gigantic uh, mansion that he had in Colorado or something like that, I think. Uh, I, didn't even, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, no no news, I don't think. Okay. Uh, do you want to keep the news segment? Um, you good nope. to get rid of it? I yeah, because most of the time it's like I've forgotten anyway that there was actual news. But if there's if anything comes up, for sure we'll bring it up. But, yeah, you don't have to ask if you forget or whatever or don't want to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last 23 minutes being exclusively uh, book talk and pod talk <laughs> and and homework but uh i've never seen these episodes before tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years <laughs> if we miss anything if we egregiously skip over something please just send us an email or send us a tweet it's at no hugging on twitter or no hugging no learning show at gmail.com all that stuff is still the same if you like what you hear give us a five-star rating and a written review on apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no hugging no learning sticker free of charge uh just need your mailing address to make that happen again name of the show same feed still everything is still the same if you uh if you want to do that this is the segment that i want to get your opinion on if we should rename it tim we have got two things in the uh fka newman's mail sack yeah 
I forgot. Yeah, I mean that's that's a definitely a direct reference to Seinfeld. Um, I'm I'm okay with renaming it. I don't have any ideas for what it should be. Yeah, I might have to think on that. Do you have any? I don't know. No, I, I mean. If uh, if anyone listening has any suggestions for what we should rename Newman's mail sack, uh, let us know. Uh, write us an email, send us a tweet. You know, yeah. all the all the normal stuff. But for now, I guess we can keep calling it Newman's mail sack. That works. Uh, do you want to unzip it now, or do you want to unzip it later? What do you, th- you you've seen them? So which what do you think? Let's uh let's save it for later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll, sa- we'll save it for the end. All right. All that being said, season one, episode one of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the Pants Tent. Original air date, October 15th, 2000. And if you are looking at TV Guy that night, you are going to see, I don't know if you'll see this exactly, but <laughs> in the pilot episode of this hit comedy series, an innocent bunch-up in Larry's trousers gives rise to an embarrassing situation. Ah, uh, pun gives rise. <laughs> <laughs> not, not bad, though. Not, a not bad. bad. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, yeah. if you're looking in TV Guy the night it's happening, I... I Hesitate to think that they would predict the future and say, in the pilot episode of this uh, yeah. hit comedy series. <laughs> and also, I would not call this the pilot. Yeah, this exactly. This is the first episode of a, of a series that has gotten picked up by HBO. The pilot, if anything, we decided was Larry David, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And yeah. that was even less of a pilot and more of like proof of concept yeah. that they put on air for some reason. <laughs> it, was, um, it, was, it was just basically an aired screen test. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, so, I mean, because Pilot has a distinct... Pilot doesn't necessarily just mean first episode. It means, like, they filmed it, and they some pilots don't make it there. Some pilots, they refilm. Some, yeah, I think that's too loaded of a word to call this. I would yeah. say the premiere and, episode or the first episode. And a lot of pilots are so different than what ends up making air because they're filmed, like, months, maybe even a year before... The thing yeah. gets picked up. Yeah, they're recast and rewritten and all that stuff. Yeah. Some of them don't even, yeah, some, and some pilots never even make it to air because they, they see the first episode and they're like, we're not buying that series. But some of them, yeah, some of them do. So, uh, yeah, we let, let's start with the music and the logo. Uh, we're, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not certainly as exciting as the music's one thing <laughs> because we've expanded beyond slap bass. And, and I like the theme song to this. And, and I like that the internet has picked it up every so often when, you know, an awkward situation happens IRL. People will put the do 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 that. Well, they'll put the song behind it, and it just works so awesomely. So, how do you feel about the music, Ted? You like it? I like the music. Yeah, I I'm way more familiar with the music just from memes throughout the last 15 years than I am anything with the show. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. And then the logo is just simply curb your enthusiasm, all lowercase, written in this very blocky font. Yeah, really basic blocky font. Yeah, not fun at all. And and this I think is like the white and orange, yellowish, whatever whatever color you want to call that. Orange, I guess, kind of. It's like a golden. Yeah, golden orange yellow. I'll call it. And it's not going to change much. I think this is going to be it for all. For every single episode, oh my god, uh, we're not going to get any change uh, at all. So Larry is at his house, and he has these pants, and they bunch up at the crotch, making it look like he has an erection. Uh, and he's talking about this with his wife Cheryl. And Larry wants to go to see a movie, uh, the new Dustin Hoffman movie, which I had to look up. I was like, was Dustin Hoffman in a movie in 2000 that you could call the Dustin, the new Dustin Hoffman movie? So he was in. Sphere in 1998, which he did have a good part in, and then he was in Moonlight Mile in 2002. The only thing that Larry could have been been seeing, and and 
I, I don't even think this is possible in 2000 was in 1999 he was in The Messenger which is which is a movie about Joan of Arc that stars Mila Jovovich and he has a very small part in that so small that there's no way I would call The Messenger the new Dustin Hoffman movie even <laughs> if this was being filmed in 1999 when it was in theaters because it wasn't a hit either. I don't think it's that bad of a movie. I kind of like it and I like Dustin Hoffman's role in it. He's got a great scene with Mila Jovovich towards the end that I always love but uh, it's certainly not the new Dustin Hoffman movie. So interestingly <laughs> enough, Dustin Hoffman was taking a break in 2000 when Larry wanted to see him. And Richard Lewis is going to the same movie at the same time, but he's going with a date and Larry can't tag along. So Cheryl at that time gets a call from her friend Nancy and she suggests that Nancy goes to the movie with Larry David and Larry looks at Cheryl like she just bayoneted him in the gut, which is a <laughs> completely accurate, like that's a fine reaction to have to that setup. Yeah, wouldn't I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a part of this. Oh my God. I, I would much rather go to the movie alone. Yes. Go to the movie alone. Not with essentially the friend of a friend. I mean, I know yeah. the first friend is your wife, but like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> why are you making me spend an awkward evening with this woman? I barely know. So weird. What are you doing to me? Uh, in the car, Larry makes a call on his sweet AudioVox cell phone. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're in the future, baby. <laughs> you could talk on the phone in I your car. I can't wait until we get to Curb Season 11 and Larry's got uh, his iPhone hooked up to his Bluetooth. Oh, he might have a sidekick by then. <laughs> T-Mobile sidekick. In Season 11? Aren't they currently on Season 11? Yeah, no, they are, yeah. But I think I probably had an AudioVox phone at one point. It looked really familiar. Really? I gotta say, yeah. So he calls Jeff. So the same Jeff, Jeff Garland, Jeff Green from the uh, pilot, the actual pilot. And he talks, uh, you know, what the hell? So I watched this two weeks or a week ago at this point because I thought we were recording this last week and I never got a chance to go back and watch it. And I was like, oh, I took pretty good notes. But for some reason, I wrote down. OK, what what did you write? And I'll fill in the blanks. It says annoying friend. <laughs> I, oh, calls Jeff wrote... about. Oh, no. He calls Jeff about the annoying friend. He's going to meet oh, uh, okay, this annoying yeah. friend of Cheryl's. Yeah. And uh, so then Jeff asks if they're going to still play golf. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I have to ask Hitler and Jeff's parents. <laughs> hear it and they start freaking out these other voices on the phone and larry did not know he was on speakerphone much less with jeff's parents and he called his wife hitler <laughs> over at the crest theater the, i guess the big dustin hoffman movie they're going to see is hard nut to crack <laughs> oh boy what, what, what did you think of this graphic overlay on the theater screen how did <laughs> How does this show that is much later in the sign in in the timeline have worse post production than <laughs> Seinfeld, which took place in the nineties? I have no idea, but this looks so bad. Yeah, how did Seinfeld have better post production sign <laughs> replacement? Like you could almost never barely tell. Like was that is that overlaid or is that? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was a real. I mean, store in, and... in the early seasons of Seinfeld, we were both like cringing at how bad some of the overlays were. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it got to the point where, I can't even remember what episode it was, but there was, like, an overlay that then you could then see the same overlay in the reflection of a yes, window. And we're like, I remember they're getting that. advanced with this shit. Yeah, and, and now, with home box office money, we cannot do that. <laughs> we're yeah, not spending yeah. any money on sign replacement. <laughs> um, but the real Crest Theater is a real theater. Uh, they'd never showed the new Dustin Hoffman movie, Hard 2000's Hard Nut to Crack. But I, I do love how that continues, the Seinfeldian great movie title lineage you know it's a great <laughs> it's a great movie title fake movie title the crest theater uh, opened as a 500 seat theater called the u clan 
Theater, U-C-L-A-N. Uh, I Ew. think, yeah, I think named after UCLA, which was nearby, and it opened on Christmas Day, 1940. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So opened uh, 1940, yada, yada, yada. Their lease lapsed in 2016, and it was actually purchased by UCLA, the school, and renamed the Nimoy Theater after Leonard Nimoy. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, Spock, yeah. Uh, so Larry David gets there, uh, and I would I don't think I would have done what Larry did. When I, when I walked in and saw the friend on the complete opposite aisle, I would have probably <laughs> walked out of the theater and walked down or walked to an empty row walked over and then walked down but not larry david larry gets into a fight with a lady who is sitting on the aisle so he can get through and she like won't move her knees enough to let him through and then while they're talking she accuses him of looking at her breasts Uh, so a huge fight with this lady and a little bit of slut shaming from Larry, too, because, you know, oh, a little yeah. bit of like, you know, well, yeah, oh, yeah. you says... wear that because you want people to look at your shoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But, you know, I mean, he, he was in an argument with her, you know, so that was that probably cut a little deep. Yeah, but but on Larry's defense, she did not move and she's sitting on the aisle. Yes, you have to. Yeah, that's your job if you're on an aisle. You have to move, unfortunately. And I love aisle seats. I will always pay for an aisle seat, even if there's like a closer seat. In this, the price is the same. If there's a closer seat in the middle of a row, I'll go further back just to sit on an aisle. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we did it last huh. night. We went to see Hamilton last night, and you know that we got literally we're literally in the last row of the balcony. Um, luckily, we're in a theater where there's like not really a bad seat, well, which is nice. You'll, to know. you'll do that in a movie theater too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I so love sitting in an aisle because I. Here's why. I love it on an airplane. I'll take the aisle seat on an airplane. I got no problem with that. Okay, I'm with you there. Yeah, I guess a lot of people like that because they can stretch their legs or whatever. And But it's because of the bathroom. And I mostly never go to a bathroom during a movie, never go to a bathroom on a flight. I didn't have to go to the bathroom in the middle of Hamilton last night. I, I rhymed. Oh, man, I must be rhyming like uh, Hamilton must have rubbed off on me. Um, <laughs> I'm really fly. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> But it's just in case, just in case I have to get up in the middle of a song or, or a, a action part of a movie. I don't have to get anybody to move. And and, you know, so it really is my, you know, crippling self-consciousness or whatever that someone's going to hate me if I if I have to get up. And by the way, the way movie theaters are built now, you don't even have to move if someone is trying to walk down the aisle because that's yeah, how the big seats, they are. Yeah, the seats yes. are wide enough. Like, yeah. we, I, I the only thing that I disagree with you about is I love sitting dead center. For a movie like we went and saw the Batman for yeah. a second time on Friday night we went and saw it in IMAX yeah and we were as center as you can get and it was incredible yeah that's I I will say the center is the best place to sit in a in, in a movie theater especially when I used to go see movies mostly the theater was empty so like forget next to you or I didn't even want to sit in the same row as anybody that's how few people are in <laughs> like if I was sitting dead center and then someone sat in the row in front or behind me I'd go like oh god Son of a bitch! I can't believe this. Out, like, out give me some seats. You had out to of all the seats, fucking sit there. <laughs> yeah, and it's like right by the, you know. So I'm like, well, now what am I going to do? Am I going to move? Uh, make the person <laughs> think that I'm moving because of them? But I am. But I don't want them to know that. So that's my yeah. That's, that's how spoiled I am with movie theaters. But in a packed theater, I'll love. I'll still love a an aisle seat. And so Larry gets in a fight with this lady and Nancy starts stroking his arm like, oh, which is, was a weird reaction anyway, I got to say, because when she's like, it's over now, it's over now. And like yeah, stroking that was his arm. really weird. Yeah. And then looks down and notices his crotch as Larry looks over and sees his friend Richard Lewis sit down next to the lady that he just got in a fight with. So a lot of stuff just happened that's uh, <laughs> to, to Larry that he's got to process. Yeah. So obviously... 
Nancy thinks that he got an erection, or she saw the pants tent and was wondering what was going on. Uh, after the movie, <laughs> Richard Lewis introduces his new girlfriend, Sophia, and invites everybody out for cappuccino and pizza, which is a weird combo uh, already. But also yeah. cappuccino after a night movie is like, you want me to have espresso at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, whatever it is? <laughs> Jeez. What do you what do you have to do tonight? So everybody, uh, you know, everybody declines. And at home, when Larry gets there, he explains to Cheryl that Nancy thinks she got him aroused. And I like how Cheryl is like, oh, oh, because luckily he explained it to Cheryl ahead of time. She's like, oh my gosh, but she does still have to check. Like you weren't right, <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna like that type of rela- you know we got a little bit of this in the the previous episode with him trying to explain that he wasn't having an affair in New York. Like her supportive wife to an extent bit is going to be a running gag like through the entire series more or less you know just that like i believe you but i I just have to make sure (laughs) like i I just have to ask you were not you did not have an erection right and also he is going to cancel the dinner they were going to go with with richard lewis to because of the argument that he got in with sophie's like that's not happening anymore dinner's not happening anymore meanwhile cheryl tells larry that while he was out jeff left a message that he's sorry and that's all. And Cheryl's like, what's that about? Do you know? And Larry uh, has to lie and say he has no idea what it's about. But again, like, what a fumble by Jeff, too. Like, yeah, he had to have known Cheryl was going to hear that. So in Jeff's office, Jeff says that we'll think of a reason why he's sorry. And meanwhile, Jeff is writing an apology letter to Kathy Griffin for nothing. He just says that he writes an apology letter to her <laughs> yeah. all the time. He says that we, we never do anything to each other, but we just end up writing each other weekly apology letters. <laughs> weekly! Yeah, I didn't understand that. But so that gives Larry an idea. I, he says, I, yeah. I, I thought it was just like great for just a one-off innocuous joke. You're like, no explanation needed. Yeah, we just write each other weekly apology letters. Yeah, that is pretty funny. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> just a kind of non sequitur. Like, we, we should dive into it, but we're not going to. I don't care enough to ask. <laughs> Uh, so Larry's like, all right, well, this is what you should be sorry for, that you told Kathy Griffin that Larry David would write a pilot for her, and you didn't consult Larry about it first. You just said he'd do it, and so that's what you'll, you know, because Larry's like, when when my wife asks again, and she will ask again, uh, that that's what we'll tell her. And then the, the Hitler comment comes back up, and it turns out Jeff's family had a gay cousin who escaped Nazi Germany, so Jeff's parents are very sensitive to anything about Hitler and Larry David marvels at the combination of not only being Jewish but also gay during in, in Nazi Germany and uh, talks about what a hard time that guy must have had Jeff asks if Larry will please come by and tell his parents that he's sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for calling his wife Hitler and making light about Hitler meanwhile Larry David is also still going to mama's boy because they have the reservation but they're just going to go without Richard Lewis they're not going to go with Richard Lewis they're just going to you know, keep the reservation and try out this hot new restaurant, Mama's Boy. Up in Larry David's office, we see... Well, I, I was trying to figure out where this was because I saw a second cup coffee place down in the on the first level, but there are like 190 locations of second cup. It's a Canadian chain that started in 1975. I'd never heard of it before. Hmm. So I was like, oh, it must be... This must be the only location in Los Angeles and I can tell where Larry David's office is. But no, it's uh, there, there are tons, yeah. So I'm sure if I dug a little bit deeper, you know, just like with Seinfeld, I don't think there's any maps about nothing for all of the locations in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So if you are a web designer, there's lots of fertile ground here to to, (laughs) you won't get paid for it or anything, but do it for the fandom. Do it for us. Do our free research. Uh, Did you how did you like the giant sour grapes poster? 
as you Oh my god, in. that was great. <laughs> I, I I want I have a bit of a derail. Speaking of posters of movies that we have covered, yeah. I ordered a UHF poster. Nice, damn. It is it's not a full size one. It's a it's an eleven by seventeen uh reprint of it. Yeah. But I found a, a really cool site that has like uh, reprints of posters. They actually have uh, some original posters too, from like uh, original releases wow. that are really expensive. But uh, they say like, "Oh yeah, they appreciate in value." <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> but Tim, how how much would you guess a reprint of a rolled? I, actually, I don't know if it was rolled or not, but a reprint of an eleven by seventeen UHF theatrical release poster was mm, twenty bucks. Uh, actually, it was only nine ninety nine. Oh, nice! Yeah. How much would you guess shipping on said poster was? <laughs> Twenty bucks. Eight ninety nine. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was one dollar cheaper oh, than the poster. Why? Where is it coming from? Malaysia, Canada. Coming coming from Toronto. Jeez. Still. But, but like, what the? My fuck? God. I I I I was so upset, but I had already committed to like <laughs> getting it, and I was like. Man, I've I've had the window, I've had the tab open for uh for a couple of days now. I'm like, I I love this design. I think it's so cool, and it's just in, innocuous enough that anybody who sees it, are like, why do you have a UHF poster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie must have made quite an impact. But I can't believe, like, was there? I can't believe there's no lesser shipping. Like, I hope you get it overnight for crying. No, out. <laughs> that's the thing. It's two to three weeks. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Let me let me look up. If they have any sour grapes posters, oh! If they have the one that's on, like that's on the DVD cover or on the the you know the thumbnail that you select on Amazon wherever you can watch, it. <laughs> I like that one, the one with Steven Weber and what's his face on it, and they're like, "Hey, Vegas, am I right?" I like that poster. <laughs> I would get that. If, po- uh, if yeah. they have one, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna ship it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they have it's an original poster, single sided, rolled, fifteen dollars. Not oh bad. man, it's it's the only original poster that hasn't appreciated in value. <laughs> is it the is it like the big white one with the grape on it, like in Larry's office, or is it the yep. Stephen? Oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's it's not it's not the actor one. I want yeah. the DVD cover. <laughs> yeah, maybe I can just buy a DVD and then frame the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, I I know the DVD has not appreciated in value, so I'm sure I could get that for like ninety nine cents plus five dollars shipping on eBay. But here's the thing: MoviePosters.com. You can also add a finish. This sounds like we're doing an ad. But yeah, I, no. I assure you we're not. Do not go uh, but, there and put in no hugging as the promo code. But hey, movieposters.com, if you want to sponsor us, yes. let us know. <laughs> um, you can also add a finish, like different frames. They've got a wood frame, oh, a metal frame, awesome. mounted on plaque and mounted on canvas. Now that's nice. In case you want to plus up your $15 poster with a $250 <laughs> wood frame. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yes. 100% oh my gosh. serious. Why is framing so expensive? I don't Jeez. know. It's so weird. I'll go to like, yeah, Walmart and buy Ma- that plastic one. Yeah, matte black wooden frame, two hundred and fifty dollars. I'll buy the plastic one with the you know the you put the plastic over it, the clear plastic, <laughs> and then it's on like a cardboard back, and then you put those those little black clips around it on each side, and they always yeah. fall off. <laughs> yeah, I we we have that for uh, a Stranger Things poster that we have in our hallway right now. But I'll yeah. tell you, they don't have this for. The, the large size, the 27 by 40, but for the 11 by 17, uh, Walmart sells a really nice, like, low-profile frame that I have a bunch of, but it's just, like, a really thin black border, and the front is glass, and you oh. load you load the thing in from the front, 
and then you just clip the glass in and you're done. Nice. Oh wow. Handy. Yeah, I have uh, when you I have a ton I have like rolls and rolls of movie posters. I used to they used to give them out at the at the video store and so I picked up I'd always pick up a ton there and also I think oh, at music yeah. stores they would hand a bunch out. And when I worked for college radio they'd send us posters and and I'd take those. <laughs> so I have like rolls and rolls. I wonder if they've appreciated in value. They probably have thumbtack marks in the corners, but uh, because I, at a certain point I was like screw frames. But I know I have <laughs> I know I have some re- like the real box office ones that are like you know, on the front, it looks the same, but then on the back, it's like a mirror image because I don't know why the ones that they that they gave to movie theaters and stuff were like that, but that's how I always differentiated. Like, if the back was white, I would know that it was like a reprint or something like that, but if the if the back was a mirror image, I, I think that mm-hmm. was those were the real ones, and I don't know why they were printed <laughs> differently, but I have a ton. So maybe they've appreciated in value. But his uh, interestingly enough, when he when Larry walks in, his secretary does the one second sign, kind of a callback to the to Larry David curb your enthusiasm like she doesn't mention to the person like I, someone else just walked in hang on she just lifts up one finger and looks at Larry for a second and then finishes the call like Larry told Jeff to do so I kind of like that but maybe he told his secretary to do the same thing like hey hey, when I walk in acknowledge me even if you're on the phone or something like that <laughs> so and Larry David calls Cheryl and I guess that's Is who, she just uh, giving him like a grocery list like a shopping list yeah I think so <laughs> yeah yeah I think so it, like pick up some stuff on the way home she does, of course, just like he said she would. She asks, like, what, is, what was Jeff sorry for? Like, so I feel like the, the shopping list was second. The ulterior motive was seeing what Jeff was sorry for, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And he relays the Kathy Griffin lie that they thought of, and uh, she buys it. Uh, Richard Lewis, meanwhile, comes in, and he confronts Larry about the movie situation in the aisle. But also, um, th- this is another interesting hill to die on. Larry David says, fake breasts are not breasts. Yeah, that yeah, I I don't agree with that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and Larry David also says no way to dinner. We're not going to dinner anymore. This is uh <laughs> I, I do like this part. I remember it's it's amazing how much of this episode I remember considering how long ago it was and the last time I saw it, but you know, Richard Lewis says, "You know, you better call me by sundown." And Larry's like, "By sundown? Who are you, Gary Cooper?" Who which is a like, you know, a, a, a super old reference, but Gary Cooper, I'm pretty sure was like an old cowboy actor. So it was very much like call, by sundown. <laughs> like what is I, this? And, and I I really liked Richard Shaw coming back with like, "I'm, I'm mad at you and I'm trying really hard not to laugh but that was very yeah. funny <laughs> uh, by the way it's richard lewis what did i say richard shaw why did i keep writing richard shaw what the i don't fuck? know but he definitely Who's richard shaw i don't know um <laughs> but it's it's definitely um yeah he's definitely playing a version of himself who has his real name just like larry david is so this is oh, actually like, richard lewis oh, i only wrote richard shaw here everywhere else i wrote richard lewis <laughs> i don't know why i wrote richard shaw just in this one place <laughs> Um, yeah, that was, yeah, he does laugh at it, which, which, you know, is sort of a peek behind the curtain of the way they filmed it. Like that Gary Cooper line, you know, call by sundown probably was improv and lady Gary Cooper was probably improv too, you know? Mm, yeah. And, and, and Richard Lewis actually broke and they kept it because that's just real life. That was what would happen in real life. Like, okay, that was funny, but I'm still mad at you because <laughs> it was a dumb thing to say. You better call me by sundown. You call me by sundown. <laughs> Over at Jeff's house, Larry David comes in and he apologizes to Jeff's parents and they really reprimand him. Like, yeah, even after he's sorry, like they still lay into him. 
And Jeff's wife uh, pulls everybody out to see the cute sleeping baby, except Larry. Larry skips out. He doesn't feel like going upstairs. Kind of a callback to the Hamptons. Like, you got to see the baby uh, <laughs> when everyone has to go up and, and watch the baby, even though no one's uh, that amazed by it. So, And even next to this, I wrote, like, this is going to be an issue. It's just, you know, it's just a part of the show where you're like, this is going to be a thing. Like, now we, Larry David not going to see the baby, I know is going to come back up later. Back at Larry's house, Cheryl invited Nancy over to clear the air about the whole pants tent thing. And Nancy said, that she was rubbing Larry's arm. It's it's no big deal. You got aroused, and that, and Cheryl, when she finds out that Nancy was rubbing her rubbing Larry's arm, gets a little upset. But she gets upset with Larry, not with Nancy. Yeah. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah, it was a weird bit of physical contact anyway. Like, I, I wouldn't blame Larry if he, like, jerked his arm away when she, if he jerked, huh? If he jerked his arm away <sighs> when Nancy started doing that, because it's like, I don't, I don't, don't rub me. Uh, but yeah, Cheryl's a little, but eventually I think she comes back over to Larry's side, but Nancy doesn't believe the pants tent story that th- that they bunch up and she storms out. Over at Mama's Boy, which is not real, in case you couldn't tell oh, by again, damn. <laughs> again, a horrible neon overlay <laughs> over whatever this actually was. It like sticks out. It's like they didn't do any shading on it at all. Like, oh, it's nighttime. Well, this looks like daytime, but oh, whatever. Slap it on there. <laughs> like, what? No. You can't do that. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't look like it was covering up an existing sign, though, so I will give them that. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was just a uh, yeah, just a blank building or something. But Larry, David, uh, Larry and Cheryl show up for dinner, and Jeff and his family are there, and the parents definitely note Cheryl's attendance and glare at Larry David uh, <laughs> once again. And Jeff pulls Larry aside and says, well, now his parents are mad that Larry didn't come up and look at the kid when... <laughs> everyone who was supposed to go up and look at the kid. Uh, The hostess comes over and tells Larry and Cheryl that the reservation was for four and they do have the table, but they can't sit at two people at a four top and another two top is not going to be available for another hour and a half. What the fuck? Okay. I know. Yeah. Just that, that makes no, like what, what is this? Waffle house rules? Like, no, it's a nice restaurant. (laughs) Sit the two. I don't care. We had the reservation. Pretend the other, the other people were going to use it. You were going to be without that four top. Just, you know, sit down. Uh, yeah. yeah, makes for an expensive restaurant that makes no sense. It's like, oh, okay, well that's that's fine. Uh, you had the reservation, we'll honor it. Cheryl uh, Cheryl suggests trying the "Do you know who I am?" angle <laughs> to Larry, which bombs with the youngish hostess. You know, I mean, this would have mm-hmm. been like if you were the the host that night, Ted, and in '99. Well, I know you weren't that old <laughs> old enough in '99, but yes, like, I I am yeah. working in a nice LA restaurant <laughs> at the age of six. Or if you were like 23 or whatever, whenever we first met, whatever it was, like if you were 23 and Larry David was like, I, I co-created Seinfeld and you would be like, I've never I mean, seen I've, it. I've, 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 I've heard of it. I've never seen of it, sir. But I, you know, I haven't seen any of it. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> but I like that Larry went in knowing it was going to fail anyway. That had to soften the blow a little bit. Um, but it also reminds me of anytime my mom would be in town, introducing me to every waitress, hotel clerk, person on the street as... <laughs> Tim Murphy from the radio, like anywhere I've oh ever been, that she's God. visiting. Like, ah, do you recognize his voice? Like, no, mom, don't. They don't. Obviously, they don't. Uh, well, he's on the radio, and the, the person has to pretend like they know or that it's cool that I'm on the radio because <laughs> my parents are the one, you know, staying at the hotel or paying the restaurant bill or whatever. Like, mom, don't. They don't. They don't know me. I promise you. Like, <laughs> yeah, but luckily they were always very nice, just like this host is. You know, she's she's very nice. Uh, and Jeff invites. Larry and Cheryl, hey, eat with us. We're going to get a table. We can scooch you in there. No problem. Yeah, you can eat with us. Which, again, 
Larry looks like he's been bayoneted in the gut. Uh, he does not want to spend the entire evening with uh, Jeff's parents, mainly, I think. Because I think he worries Wait, they're going to... Is it yeah. Jeff's parents or Jeff's wife's parents? I got the feeling it was Jeff's parents. I, I, I think it's his in-laws because it's his wife that keeps calling them mom and dad. Maybe it is. Um, unless it's just one of those relationships where she calls her in-laws mom and dad. I, I mean, those those exist. That, that's, yeah. that's not an abnormal thing to do. I wonder if they're credited... Um with their last name let me pull up the imdb if see if they're greens or if they're forget her and and, you know what's what's funny and and fans watching will agree it's funny seeing larry seeing jeff's wife Susie, she will have a much bigger role going forward and her character is so unbelievably different like seeing her be (laughs) i'll just say like not to spoil too much but seeing her be really nice and happy with everybody is just so funny her character is going to be developed so much better (laughs) okay uh, good good you know coming up especially with like that's why i thought the larry david leaving thing was going to be a bigger deal because of Susie, but uh no it was because of so on imdb lewis nye is credited as jeff's green jeff green's dad and mina kolb is credited as jeff green's mom so okay yeah but it it is always weird you know what do you like i just try not to refer to my in-laws by any by any name you know (laughs) like i try i try not to get their attention by calling their name because what am i (laughs) do i call him charles do i call him i'm not gonna call him dad but do you come up with like dad synonym like pop you know hey pop you know or or something like that <laughs> um what do you what do you go with ted you do you do the same thing as me you just try not to call anyone by name <laughs> well grace has never met her dad mm-hmm. so i don't have to worry about that that works um as far as her mom and her stepdad go i call them jane and chuck okay you go with first names totally yeah. totally ex- acceptable way to go I, I could do that too but i just avoid the whole thing <laughs> avoidance that's my <laughs> my that's my go-to mechanism so at the down at the table at Mama's Boy, Larry David offends Jeff's parents once again, <laughs> asking when they're going to leave. Honestly, he could have phrased that better, like, how long are you staying? But instead he asks, when are you leaving? Yeah. <laughs> when are you guys leaving? That is on Larry. They didn't yeah. need to take so much offense to it, but that is on Larry. <laughs> Uh, you had to have known that those two were going to take offense to anything he said, and so asking when but maybe that's why he did it to dig at them. So when are you guys leaving? And they also don't like that he appreciates black entre- entrepreneurship, it seems like. Yeah. That was I, weird. I, I, it sounds like Jeff's parents are racist. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess totally racist. Yeah. Weird. But so <laughs> while Larry is uh, just sort of sitting just there. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember the context, but I wrote that down. I was like, I, well, I wrote, Larry offends by asking when parents are going to leave and that he likes black entrepreneurship. <laughs> well, it, it's uh, the owner of Mama's Boy comes up and yeah. apologizes for the cr- uh, overcrowding in the table. And he said, like, regardless, we're happy that you guys are here with us and we hope you enjoy your meal. Larry asks the owner if he's Mama's Boy. Yeah. And the owner says, I am a Mama's Boy. Yes. I, yeah. and, and without, like... A tinge of like disgust in his voice, it, so you can tell the the character he gets that all the time. So yeah, and he's he's happy to answer it because it it is funny. But Larry just innocuously says, "Oh, I'd love to see that. I, I love to see black ownership or yeah. a, a black entre- entrepreneurship." And I, I I think the the offense is more in that he wasn't able to say why he loves that <laughs> okay. because because his parents ask him why, and he's just like because, and he just gives up. Yeah, well, I mean, that even tells more about the parents then, is like, if you don't know why, like, that really says even more about you than I thought. Like, yeah. 
you don't understand why it's great that a marginalized group is getting into this <laughs> cutthroat business world, that says a lot more about you than, than than even just not saying anything at all. Like, why? Why do you like it so much? Why isn't uh, yeah? Next, Larry Dave or Jeff's parents' next question was, why isn't there a White History Month? I guarantee oh, you, if the scene had gone on a little longer. <laughs> Um, oh no richard lewis and sophia come into the restaurant and they sit down at a nearby two top uh and then so this is where it all starts just uh just the avalanche onto larry david starts because so he sees richard lewis and sophia sitting nearby uh, and then kathy griffin drops by and just blows up the entire lie they had about her suggesting that oh you know we should write something sometime and larry and jeff try to keep the angle going but Kathy does not follow, and so she blows up the whole thing. And Larry's trying not to notice that Cheryl is staring daggers at him. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing. Kathy Griffin blows up the lie of wanting Larry to write a pilot for her. And she said, Oh no, that that no, that didn't happen. But then still wants him to write something yeah. for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean that really she shouldn't be offended that they used her for a lie. Because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, he did ask me about that. Like, they're trying to lead her into like, yeah. hey, there's a thing here. Why don't you follow the angle? And she's like, oh, well, no, I, I never did that, but we should. Like, uh, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, but at that point, you, you can't salvage anything. <laughs> uh, and so Cheryl's just staring. And I like how Larry's doing um, the stare ahead, you know, like like we talked about in the Puerto Rican Day Parade when they're trying to get the driver's attention. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, or because I, I mentioned whenever I block the box or something, I just look straight ahead like, uh-huh, I, I didn't notice that the light turned red and I'm still sitting in the middle of the intersection. And someone is. <laughs> essentially t-boning me at two miles an hour now yeah so he's doing the stare ahead trying not to notice uh cheryl and that's when the music kicks back in uh when larry david has gotten his comeuppance and that's the end of the episode uh, all right what do we got for homework this week i didn't write anything down okay <laughs> yeah i mean i, I, I want to ask you because it was very different for me how many pages of notes were you writing for this I, it was considerably less. It was like two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote three pages of notes where as for Seinfeld, I was averaging like anywhere between five and seven. Yes. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Like, yeah. And I, would, I, yeah. I think that comes from it being so uh, improvisational where you're like, okay, does it, does this, does this matter? Does this content matter? Do I need to pause it? Do I need to like write this down? You know? Right. You can almost write down the bullet point that the scene was meant to express. And I, I and I like that method of, I think in the Wikipedia article, they called it retro scripting or something like that. I like that method because it doesn't mean the jokes are useless. It just means it, it means the jokes are they just enhance it even more. It's not I don't I don't know how to explain it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that, that might, you might make it, like when you say, oh, the, the scene's just meant to get through one thing, and I wrote that down, and, and that's what happened, and then we can move on. But it's like, but there are funny jokes in there, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if anyone understands what I'm saying. Maybe I'll <laughs> be able to put it together a little better uh, as we continue through. But yeah, I, I did the same thing. Like, all right, well, this is what obviously needed to be completed in this scene, so I'll write that down, and, and also whatever whatever jokes I thought were funny. Like, whatever jokes we make along the way, those are the real friends, Ted. That's maybe what I'm trying to say. It's not, <laughs> but that's where I ended up. <laughs> uh, are, are, maybe the real like show you... is the jokes we made along the way. Jesus Christ. What do you like for cover art this week? Good question. It's always a good question. I, I mean, you could just do a close-up on Larry David's crotch for the past. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe him at the theater looking all dejected and Nancy stroking his arm or mm, what do you think? Okay. I, I like that. Nothing really popped into my head as like being a, a really good visual scene. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think actually his pants tent would be funny to, to make. <laughs> just just like, 
<laughs> it, it, even just like the uh, like the opening shot. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had, in the pilot episode of this hit comedy series, an innocent bunch-up in Larry's trousers gives rise to an embarrassing situation. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Which is actually very different than the one that I had last week. What do you mean? Oh, oh, it was. Okay. Where did you get this one? This one from like actual TV Guide or IMDb or something? Uh, This one is on HBO Max. Oh, okay. All right. The one I had last week or that um, we mentioned in... Uh, Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm, I think I did pull from TV Guide. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. It just, it really points out how many threads there are in this super short. And that's something that I mentioned last week that I couldn't believe Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm did so poorly because the show does so well. I mean, you have the pants tent, you have Hitler, you have the fight with Sophia, Sophie, whatever, you have Jeff's parents. You have these four storylines running that all come crashing down in like the last 30 seconds of the show it's just crazy you know yeah like it's so (laughs) it's so well rounded and and conceived and executed again when you look at kirby larry david kirby enthusiasm the special you're like how did he not have that you know how did he not how was he not able to because we pop we talked about all the storylines that pop up that never come back up and uh, and uh, that's totally what i would expect from kirby enthusiasm i would expect in the last 30 seconds of his comedy special somebody to hear about how much porno he got at the hotel how the sale of his house fell through because that guy decided he didn't want to move to the valley um Mm -hmm. something with caroline ray like all of all of that coming crashing down it's like something that curb does so well i can't believe they fumbled so badly in the special but but again maybe he wasn't trying to make a tv show he was trying to make a mockumentary he got from a to b that's all he needed to do this like goes from like a to c and then back to b it's just you know i i just like that that um (laughs) that style and how it all so i mean the pants tent is such a small part of it you know yeah, uh, so I, I don't. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't mind it though no. because it doesn't give anything away. No, I don't think we fine. can make it better. No, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, next week we've got season one, episode two, Ted and Mary. Original air date October twenty second, two thousand. And if you're looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry and Cheryl's fun filled bowling date with Ted Danson and Mary Steenberg, and ends with Larry's shoes missing. Ah, okay. I, I definitely know that Ted and Mary become. Pretty big characters in the in the Curb Your Enthusiasm universe, so it's interesting they're being introduced this early. And I also like that I, I never really put two and two together that you know George Costanza is obsessed with Ted Danson, and so I wonder if Larry and Ted <laughs> were like friends back then, and that was just sort of a nod. Oh man, to, that's cool. I, d- I didn't even yeah. pick up on that. <laughs> Putting him in there, like talking so much trash about him, like oh I bet Ted Danson gets this. What's so great about Ted Danson? <laughs> um, now that we know it was like a, a dig at his good friend, it, yeah, it does it adds another level of of funniness to it. So. Um, okay is that it yeah i think that's it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good 